0: Welcome back to 15 on the 15th and our bite-sized book club series featuring podcasts designed to help you digest short articles, no more than 15 minutes of reading, we promise. This 15-minute recipe for success is a pinch of insightful reading and a dash of engaging discussion that blends together research and classroom practice. My name is Claire Roach and I help to coordinate the ENL program at the University of Notre Dame. Today we're celebrating the Chinese New Year by focusing on the growing population of Chinese students in American Catholic high schools. Our jumping off point today is an article published this fall in America Magazine written by ACE grad Anthony Zavanin entitled, The Rising Number of Chinese Students in American Catholic High Schools. Anthony's article draws attention to this growing population and asks some very thoughtful questions. And I am delighted to share with you that today we have an expert on the subject of Chinese students adjusting to American schooling with us today. Priscilla Wong is a campus minister here at Notre Dame who served Chinese students on campus for decades. We learned so much from this month's conversation with Priscilla Wong that we decided to turn it into a two-part podcast. Priscilla, thank you
1: so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Priscilla Wong. Started fourth grade, I actually went to Catholic school in Hong Kong. Mm. So I had a really, really good experience from fourth grade all through high school in a Catholic school system. And I think that helped me give a little bit of a connection to how different cultures come together and celebrate the education of young people. So, so that's my background. And then I came to the United States and went to a state university in Illinois. And I still remember one of the really interesting experiences. As a freshman or sophomore, another girl from East Timor of Chinese descent and I, we got invited to give a talk to a group of business people. I think it's Rotary Club or Lions Club, I forgot which one, and to talk about our culture. So that was like 40 some years ago. So I went first. I remember I was on this stage. I got up and I started talking about Chinese New Year. This is how we celebrate. And then my friend, all of a sudden she jumped off from her chair and said, no, 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 that's not what we do in T- East Timor's Chinese community. So you could only imagine I turned purple. I was like, what are you doing to me? But I, however, I finished my part of the, the presentation. And when we went back to the dorm, the first thing I was I was looking at Grace. I say, Grace, don't you dare do it to me again. But all of a sudden, we both crack up and laugh. And every time, it's the best lesson for me as a young Chinese person coming into the United States, try to make sense of who I am in a new environment. Different people had different experiences. So she was Chinese, too, from Timor, but East Timor, which is kind of like uh, near Indonesia. Her version is just as real as mine. So it, it really was a, one of the most liberating experience. The reason I want to share this is this is my first step into the United States, learning what it meant to be Chinese and how do I function in American society and be able to hopefully thrive.
0: Well, we are so glad you're here <laughs> with us today. And I know we're gonna have a lot to learn from you. So Priscilla, I hear you saying that Chinese culture is very diverse and is complex. Hmm. So I'd like to take that that thought and ask you a couple of questions specifically about your experience with Chinese culture and um, thoughts that might be especially helpful for teachers to know and understand about their Chinese students. Some of the themes that I've heard you talk about before and write about before are the importance of education, trust, family, and tradition to so many of the Chinese students that you've served here at Notre Dame. And so I'd like to begin by asking you specifically about the topic of education. Why is it that you think parents would send their children across an ocean to attend a Catholic high school here in the United States? Why is education so important that that parents would sacrifice like that?
1: Education, the, the the current contemporary the world's way of structuring education, actually got started 200 BC in China, mm. because that was when they started the whole civil service system of and it's by examination that people got placed into local government jobs or on up to the highest uh, arena of of work, and so but the only way that people can be could be prepared. For those exams, were through education, so you could only imagine the next two thousand years. It was this perpetuating because that's where people would get job appointment, high ranking, you know, money, and status in the society. So in those two thousand years, it became such a st- stronghold onto Chinese people feeling of existence. Education, you get honor, you get money. Chinese family in so many ways, honor tradition, and Catholic school models that, so good. <laughs> and, um, and, and also the value of looking beyond yourself, do service. So Catholic schools actually had something that speak to the hearts of parents. To Chinese parents, it's not too strong to say that leaving the legacy to your children We do it through education it's not like okay let me save this money buy you a big house Mm -hmm. it's more about i want to give you the absolute best education that is the legacy
0: so i think i would have only assumed that it was the very very rich of china that are sending their students here to the united states for high school but you said to me once the extent to which a family is willing to to sacrifice financially to send their child, in many cases, their only child abroad to study. Is it only the rich or is there a greater segment of China that is hoping for this for their children?
1: It's a combination of those two. So, of course, the rich have much easier way to do it. They can just do it. But there are a lot of, of I have. I've even know some of the names students, for example, their grandparents chip in. So you could see one child, mom and dad, four Grandparents, literally six people, would pull their resources to give the absolute best. My brother, who just passed away in China, their daughter, their granddaughter, went to a school in China. My my brother and his wife chipped in for for that young young you know my mm-hmm. uh, great niece education. Uh, so so also I um, I was told that the average the number is. A Chinese family spent seventy percent of their income on a child's education. Seventy.
0: Seventy percent. That's staggering. Income.
1: Yes. I when and, and this was told to me by somebody who was really from China. And mm-hmm. and um and so that's how dedicated family are to educate a young person.
0: So that leads me to wonder, and this is actually a question that was forwarded to us from a, a, a mm-hmm. American Catholic school that serves Chinese students. How is parenting children different in China than it is here in America? Obviously, most Americans don't invest seventy percent of their income in the education of mm-hmm. children. That's I'm really wrapping my my head and my heart around that. How much these families are sacrificing, but it, it, are there parenting practices that are um, Similar or, or different? That might be helpful for these schools to know.
1: This is a broad stroke, so so mm-hmm. you know when just when I say it, you know they're all different uh, variation of people living out. But I don't think is an exaggeration to say that Chinese parents are much more like connected and in getting into their children's life, especially when they come to schools and even their friends in so many ways. The boundary between parents and children, from young to even adult, is not so. It, it, because the, independent. It, the West, independent, it's not as independent. Yes. For example, the whole the trust culture. So not that everybody deserve all the trust, but Chinese basically live in a spirit of trust culture, which means that in personal relationship, it's not about. You know, you signing a paper and then I take it. it is really by how you talk to me, how you relate, relate to me when I have problem, how you come to me. Can you imagine they applied that to their children? So so they could they, they would not want to have that trust broken in any shape and form because it's devastating. If trust is broken with friends, let alone with your own children, and so a lot of time we'd look at the West would be the professional relationship would be more legal obligation, contractual, contractual. But in China, I was told again and again, because I, would, I want to make sure that I'm sharing in general the, the, the correct information. They, it's, it's you don't even need a contract still in some cases, mm-hmm. or if you sign a contract. It doesn't really matter. is how you relate to me first.
0: So how does that trust relationship extend to schools and to teachers?
1: This is where it's really interesting. So Chinese, we have a very elaborate system of kinship titles. So the aunt on mother's side and the aunt on dad's side are two different ways of calling those aunts. And if it's an older aunt and a younger aunt, another way, and with all this, there's a built in understanding of relationship that you were you a person would be nurtured from a very young age to understand um uh to, to understand how that relationship go. Teachers are so honor this is where I think it's a really encouraging thing that I hope I can share with the school in future. I could not emphasize enough that Chinese really respect teachers and the school. Yes, at the same time, then they do expect that if you are a teacher, you said, I'm going to be doing this, then you better do it mm-hmm. because otherwise that trust might be broken then. But in that extended kinship, kinship title, teachers actually are honored in spirit. They might not say it. They are kind of considered a second parents. There's that much trust that go into it. So community. I would, yeah, so I would definitely hope that is a liberating kind of way of looking at it is just trust that the parents trust you. It's up to you to do, to live out the authenticity of your words.
0: So is there anything that teachers and schools can do to really help build, to nurture that trust relationship between the students and the teachers in school?
1: Yes. Um, a lot of the parents, even those that have money, they had the desire to place their children in American Catholic schools, but without having actually lived in the society, they're they actually quite clueless mm-hmm. about you know, it's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. And this is where the teachers and the school can initiate the the that that uh, that care. Show the parents that you actually care about them and said let us come together. What kind of question do you have? Encourage the pa- parent to ask questions. But the community that, uh, that I think would be very helpful, I'm a big one on uh, people coming together and some of the current students' family or some Catholic uh, Chinese Catholic people from the community mm-hmm. and the teacher, come together. Encourage people to. So it's by your action of reaching out speaks tons you know we could never answer every parent's uh request and whatnot but when they know that you care enough to do something you win them over and so instead of then, you know worrying about are we doing the right thing or whatnot but i think that initiation would be really good if it come from the school and the teacher first because then it shows the gesture of that
0: so i hear you say build trust, mm-hmm. recognize that these families value education so much that they're willing to entrust their beloved children mm-hmm. to your school, um, that family and and familial roles of respect and honor play a big, um, big part in the worldview of these students. And then another theme that, that you touched on was Traditions, Mm -hmm. and I know you've said before that China, particularly in modern times, is really trying to recapture many Mm -hmm. of its traditions. And I think of tradition, and I think of Catholic high schools are so um, wonderful about passing on traditions to Mm -hmm. students and to families. So I'm I'm curious if you had any thoughts for things that schools might do that serve these students um, with respect to tradition that might help strengthen these relationships.
1: Is really Chinese? um, So, for example. Catholic, we honor the saints. And in the similar spirit, Chinese actually, we very much still, even even young people, we were kind of, like when we were younger, we were taught to honor our ancestors. So if you look at it, that's a similarity because then coming from the Catholic tradition of the saints, we see them as the people that we want to emulate just like our ancestors for the Chinese, these are the people that we come from. We want to be able to be proud of them and honor them. So so it's not a superstition as much as a way to honor, you know, people that we learn from, that we come from. And 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 so the the Catholic has such a a, a, a strong tradition in modeling that honor. Um, And so I think the Chinese would understand when you said, you know, this, why, this, why, that's why we're the saints.
0: (laughs) That's such a great, that's such a great example to explain the notion of building bridges to comprehension. Yes. That there is this bridge between celebrating ancestors and celebrating saints Mm. that can help two worldviews recognize what they have in common. So Priscilla, I actually want to read out loud something <laughs> you wrote us in an email that I think was so um, eye-opening for me in terms of themes that can help connect the experience of Chinese students with um, themes that are that are really central to who we are as Catholics. So forgive, have patience with me, I'm gonna read them <laughs> out loud. Okay, the first one is believing in something bigger and being willing to sacrifice and pursue something bigger and just your stories about Chinese parents um, makes me think that this is something that that a lot of these students have actually witnessed in their young life um, Another theme was patience and courage and I imagine if I'm sure you could tell a story mm-hmm. from from um, Chinese literature or or legend or myths that um, that really exemplify patience and courage for young Chinese children. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is hope brings unconditional kindness, love, and faith. And that trust relationship, I think, is so wrapped up in, in I'm mm-hmm. hearing you say, kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is, and this is also tied to trust, consistency and genuineness. And the final one you shared was, relationships are cultivated to elevate people and not for personal gain. So believing in something bigger than yourself, patience and courage, unconditional kindness, love and faith, consistency and genuineness, and that relationships are cultivated to elevate people and not for personal gain. I'm sure you have experiences with this as a campus minister, here,
1: I def I definitely what 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 I found you know when I was uh, 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 reflecting on those points when I put it down is, it really does young people. Sometimes we forgot how observant, how smart they are. They get it
0: mm-hmm.
1: in so many ways. All the things that that you just kind of read out loud. They are uh, they they. I can tap in every single one of them. I have witnessed students get it, got it, without us saying, "Okay, you better be thinking about the bigger world." No, they see how uh, people do things, center for social concerns, doing all the service, and then um, you know when they had patient ear to listen to them, not make judgment on them, they get it. So I'm really hopeful in the Catholic schools. That's why I think at one point, I think it would be helpful for the school to share with the teachers, uh, the, to, uh, with the parents, why the schools, the history of the founding of the schools, because there was a call to each of the founding of the school to do something. So, so that would help the teacher to also um, be able to own it even more and then for the parents to understand and the, uh, uh, coming into a school.
0: Be sure to join us next month as we continue this conversation with Priscilla Wong. The focus will be on linguistic differences between English and Chinese dialects. And we wanna be sure to invite all of our listeners who are passionate about ensuring that culturally and linguistically diverse children thrive in Catholic schools to apply to become one of this year's Ian L. Hernandez fellows. You'll come to Notre Dame this summer for a two week intensive summer session in July, and the rest of your courses will be taken online throughout the year from the context of your classroom. We need more teachers and principals in Catholic schools who understand language acquisition, can practice culturally relevant pedagogy, and that have the technical skills to ensure that English learners achieve academically. Applications can be found online at enl.nd.edu, The deadline to apply to become a Hernandez Fellow is this March 31st. We'd love to welcome you into the ENL family. And then as always, if you enjoyed this month's conversation, please be sure to subscribe to our channel, share it with a colleague or a friend. we love to hear your feedback. So please leave a review for us on iTunes and let us know what topics you'd like to cover in a future podcast. God bless.